All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I hate to break the fishing news after M. Chuck, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations. You're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome into episode 257 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Uremchuk, joined by Jay, joined by Chalmers. We're also going to have a pair of guests on today's episode, a couple minutes away from Jason Strudwick. Got some exciting stuff to talk about with him. We'll get to his, we'll get some NHL takes, but also a bit of a new, Jay, do we call it a new business venture with Struddy or, or just new, uh, an, a revolution in his coaching career, something like that? I don't know. What do we, I don't know what to specifically call it. Well, I th- Jason Strudwick is is getting into his own business of of uh, hockey training, and we're going to be entering into like a advertising relationship with him, so he can educate our audience about what he's up to. He's really passionate about it, but also have him come on and chat hockey with us. Give him his takes. Former NHLer, he knows a thing or two. He's actually kind of funny too. Yeah, Strutty's a beauty. I've been, uh, me and him have been kind of seat buddies at Oilers games this year. We sit like one table apart. So we always, we're always exchanging looks and, and thoughts on the game. So I have a couple Oilers questions I'll hit them with as well. Uh, before we get to that, though, this episode is brought to you by Oodle Noodle, 14 locations in Edmonton. Check them out on Instagram for all your noodle related meme content at Oodle Noodle Gram. We're usually tagging them in posts and stuff. So if you follow us at Real Life Podcast, you can find Oodle Noodle there pretty quickly. Uh, Chalmers is here as well. Like I said, um, also Oodle Noodle before Chalmers jumps in and tries to cut off my ad read again, which was a great uh, surveyor Brett meme over the weekend or during the week. I uh, or uh, proceeds from all curbside and in-store pickups at Oodle Noodle go towards local charities, which is fantastic stuff. They've already raised over a hundred thousand dollars for Edmonton based charities. Love it. Chalmers, I'm excited to have you on for this episode with Strutty too, because we're going to talk about, you know, like youth coaching and all that kind of stuff. And that's something you're obviously passionate about and involved in. So I feel like that's a really good natural tie in here. There's some good, is this like synergy? Is that what you'd call it? Yeah, I think it's great synergy. Um, Ever since uh, we both got into youth coaching at pretty much the exact same time, our oldest boys are the same age. And at the time he was living in, uh, um, an area where he would be part of White Mud West, which we are a part of. And so when you when you get into junior Timbits, you're coaching seven, six and seven-year-olds. And uh, basically what it is is you get nine to ten volunteer dads. They come out on the ice, and there's 40 kids, and you just have six stations. It's really – it's a lot of fun. You do a lot of different things in these stations. And immediately off the bat um, – you know, because of his ex-playing career and, and just, you know, him being a big, you know, he, he, he lights up the room when he shows up. And so oh, yeah. when he showed up to those practices, 
he, he became in control of it. And you could just tell right off the bat the way that he dealt with these kids was so natural. You know what I mean? And to, like, I, and I'm, I'm curious to know if he knew he was going to be like that because I didn't know how I was going to be. And I was a little bit worried about it. I was hoping I would have patience and I was very conscious about the parents watching. And there's a lot that goes through your head when you start doing something like that. And, you know, luckily for me, I was able to have patience with it, but he just was a different level. And I'm just curious to know, like, if he knew he was going to be like that, how it felt knowing that after the first, like, couple months that he was just really, really ridiculously good at it. Beauty. All right. Well, let's bring him in then. All right. Jason Strudwick joining us on the Real Life Podcast. Struddy, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. How's everybody making out today? The weather's nice, Struddy. It's ODR season again, I feel like. I'm just, it's it's a whole different breath of fresh air when you step outside and it's only minus six instead of like minus 30. I, know, I can oh, finally take my dog for a walk. <laughs> well, I will take the kids for a walk. Get them outside. Like that, that for me was the hardest part, right? Is it? We were going along pretty well when everything was shut down and all of a sudden minus 30, you can't get the kids outside, right? I don't want to go outside. How can I send them outside? So now that it's warm again, you're right. ODR, you go out to... Um, sledding, cross-country skiing, skiing. Where we, there's lots of options now, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah, you're a big cross-country skier, aren't you? I like it. I wouldn't say I'm the greatest. Like, I have a buddy, uh, he he waxes my skis once a year, and he's like, you're an idiot. And I'm like, well, I don't need them more than that. But I went out the other day, and uh, it honestly, because I had the wrong wax on, and I gave I sent him a text. I'm like, hey, you got the wrong wax on. He's like, you only do it once a year. But it felt like I was on roller skates. Like it took me so long to get around, and like these these old ladies were passing me. These old men were like lapping me. It was unreal. But I'm like, it's a battle. If you know the right wax, it, it makes life pretty hard on the skis. How yeah, wax is everything? How did you get into oh. cross country skiing? Like, what sparks an interest in that? Yeah, you know, my parents they they liked it when we were younger. They okay. they they take us. I didn't really appreciate it, but now I appreciate it. Like I love. The quiet, you know, the just, just like I, was, I used to be honest, I usually go really early when it starts. I have a little headlamp, like a miner, and I'll go wheel around for an hour, hour and a half. And um, I put a podcast in or some music, you know, some ladies love tunes, and just bowing it out for an hour, uh, hour, an hour and a half. And it's, it's just very calming. I, I don't go with a lot of other people. Um, I like to go by myself. But now we take the kids, we go out to Scona, they got a big track there, and they rent skis. And it's great. Like the kids like it. You know, you go for 30, 40 minutes, have a little snack, and come back and you're done. It's a great, it's a great family thing too. It's amazing. The effort you can put out. It's amazing. The effort you can put out struds when you're listening to ABBA. Oh, buddy, I got a question about cross country. Nobody cares about ABBA J. Cross country. Uh, Strud does. (laughs) Are you guys both big ABBA fans? We are, we're co-presidents of the Edmonton chapter of the ABBA fan club. So good. I'm proud of you guys. So my question about cross country skiing is I've always been scared to go on it. Just like when I used to, when I, when I started getting into like mountain biking and is how do you know you're not going to get lost? It's not like there's just trails you can look at. And if you start going, how do you know it's going to make like a loop and you're going to end up back where your car is or like, how do you basically research your routes and something like that? <laughs> okay. Well, it's not like we're breaking trail. I'm not, I'm not a, I, you know, out there growing a beard with uh, wood on my back and some flint to start well, a fire. Like, sound like it's, with your minor hat. <laughs> well, that's because I go in the morning. I like I like going when it's dark. It's just so quiet and peaceful. You don't have to do that. So there's a track, and I, I, I kind of know the trails, and it just it takes you for a loop, right? Even out at uh, Strathcona, they have loops. There's signage. It's just like regular downhill skiing. There's all the signage set out. You can, you can get it figured out. It's not – I mean, if I can figure it out, anyone can figure it out. All right. Okay. I'm going to get this conversation uh, back towards hockey now. Uh, Struddy, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on something you're you're getting started here, VR training, vision VR training. Tell me a little bit about what you, what you've started up here and what you're involved with. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it's called visionvrhockey.com. That's our website, visionvrhockey.com. And I was introduced to it by a friend uh, in uh, last spring. And what it is, it's, it's virtual hockey uh, training, virtual reality hockey training. And uh, I went over to his house and I'm like, I don't even want to do this. Like I, I was on the North side. I was, you know, I was worried about, you know, getting beat up. Like I used to get beat up that smart. And um, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll go and check it out within 20 seconds. I'm like, I love this. So what the idea behind this is that a guy in Europe and Czech started it. 
And he felt like his son could skate and shoot and pass and all that stuff, but there's no way to tie together. Uh, you know, and as I coach a lot of young hockey players or, or different age hockey players, and you know, you can create drills to to set up all the things I just talked about and work on those skills. The problem is putting it to uh, put it all together. And you know, even if I set up a perfect passing drill, where, where we we're now thinking about the options and who we're going to pass to, everyone in that scenario is not perfect. So I could pass to Jay. You know, and Jay might give me a bad pass back, or you not handle my pass, and Most the drill likely. breaks down on that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've seen you play; it's probably your problem. It wouldn't happen. But in this scenario, everyone is perfect except for the user, and and it's amazing. And I, I've had my uh, my my all, both my all my three kids have been on it, and I've seen a change in them because you're it's making you recognize that actually you get your head up number one. If your head's not up, they're going to take the puck away from you right away. But then you look up and you have to remember, okay, what color was this guy? Was he red or yellow? And then I got to pass to those people. And there's, there's uh, defenders out there that are moving through your screen. And it's just, it is, it's such a neat way to complement on-ice training. And, and it, let me be clear, it doesn't replace on-ice training and, you know, or going out and shooting pucks outside. But what it does is it supports that in a way that coaches can't. I, you know, for instance, you can set up a situation on a, or a power play, five on four, and you can be any one of the positions of the five on the power play. And they're going to put you scenarios where you get the puck and everyone's moving. And you've got to figure out who's open and what the right pass is. So to set that up in a practice, it's really hard to keep nine players' attention to make sure that the passes are always on. And for that person to make, a, you know, to, to be able to make multiple decisions in, you know, in this scenario, in, in a one-minute one time frame, you might have to make 25 decisions. There's no way a hockey coach can create that in, 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 uh, in, in, on the ice. So you're really just, it's kind of like training your brain on steroids. And I, I'm a big fan. So we've got to set it up now. It's um, up in St. Albert at No Limits Training. And, you know, we're, luckily we're one of the groups that can open up. And uh, we've had a lot of success with people coming through. And, I mean, like I said, I, I did not believe in this product until I tried it. And this system now, I see the difference. And I've seen changes in, in my oldest son, who's nine. Um, with his ability to read and react and make choices um, quicker than maybe you know we would have just just a few times you know a few sessions before. Something you you always hear too is like, oh, you can't teach hockey sense. You can't teach hockey sense. To me, like hearing you describe this, this almost feels like you know when you're on the ice, you're working on the physical side of the game, but this is a way to develop a young player's like just general hockey sense and their ability to think the game right. Yeah, that's right. So, so in hockey, there's all many, so many things that can happen during the game. You know, like it, 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 after you play for long enough, this, the, the same events happen over and over again, right? Like it's a, it's a one-on-one, it's a two-on-one, it's a three-on-two, it's a three-on-three, it's a power play, it's a penalty kill. Um, you're trying to make a pass to a guy, you know, it, it leading him rather than passing to where he is now. All those things. So what, what this system does is it, it gets you to um, see those things like hundreds of maybe thousands of times before you get on that ice. So it's kind of it's, it's like visualization. I used to do a lot of that when I played, you know, I'd see a two on one. I knew I was going to play before I even got on the ice. So it just becomes so natural. Oh, this guy's going to take it. He's a, he's a right shot. Come down the left side. I'm going to give him that shot. Oh, he's now a right shot. Come down the right side. I better take that off. So it just, before you get into a game situation, you've already seen it. And that's how everything makes a lot easier. And yeah, I do believe it does uh, teach hockey sense. And it gets them more prepared for, for um, what's coming in the game. And we've had players from, you know, my youngest son is seven, all the way up to Dylan Gunther, you know, who's going to be a high pick uh, whenever the NHL draft happens. He'll be, he'll be a first rounder. And, you know, Dylan was really good. He's like, I wish I had this when I was younger because it just trains you to think in a different way or trains you to think and see things. So, you know, I, you know we recommend, you know, once or twice a week. My, my kids uh, prior to lockdown were going twice a week. Um, we'll get, we'll get started here again. And it's, it's, it's a pretty neat, pretty neat process. You can come on and try it once, um, you know, you can see if you like it and then you, then you go from there. And what happens is actually the system will do a test on you. Then they figure out your strengths and weaknesses and they cater an individual program for that user. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing how these, um, this thing just, you know, just keeps working on your weaknesses and then you'll find an uptick in your game when you do get on the ice. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, like, when you first read this, the like, it kind of almost pops into my head, like, okay, this is for, like, the elite of the elite. But I guess the nice part about this being, you know, a computer program is that you really can tailor it to, like you said, whether it's a seven-year-old who's just trying to, you know, get a better understanding of some of the basics or someone who's literally getting ready for their NHL career. Like, you can really customize this to the player, right? 
Yeah, and there's different levels. So there's like, uh, I think they go U10, U12, U14, 16, 18, and then pro. And I've done the U18. I've never done the pro, and it's but it's quick. So you know, if you can picture it, you're 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 in this you're in this virtual world, and uh, to get the puck, you go yep yep, and you call for it. And as soon as you get, if your head's not up, the guy's coming at you already with his stick on the ground, and and he takes the puck away. And that's what happened to my first time. I'm like, what the hell? So now the next time my head is up when I get the puck, and I'm looking around. So that's already an improvement, an adapt, you know, an adaptation you have to or adaptation you have to make. Because the puck, your head is up now. And as a young hockey player at any age, from 7 to 16, if your head can be up when you get the puck, you're, already, you're better than half the kids already. Uh, already, because most kids don't have their head up. So you get your head up, you're looking around, you can see the play. If your head's down, you're not going to see the play. So it's tailored to the age group. It's tailored to the player. Um, male, female, it doesn't matter. We have guys come in that are older, and they come with their buddies, and they, they do, and they kind of chirp each other because, you know, they're, they're good or bad or whatever. And then what happens is it's a community, international community. So you're ranked against your peers in Edmonton, but then also you're ranked from all the players that are on this worldwide. So it's, it's, it's a really cool program. And I'm, you know, I, like I said, I, I, I couldn't believe it would make a difference, but now that I've been on it and seen it with my own kids and other players, I know, I know it has an impact. So I'm, I'm pretty passionate about what it can do um, in, you know, beside on ice training, not instead of beside it. So you know what I think is so great about this system that you're explaining is, uh, like, as you know, when you have a team of 16 kids out there, in this system, like in this system, you're getting the most out of every minute of that hour because it's it's a private session, it's tailored to this 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 user. And when you have 16 kids on the ice, as much as we try, there's going to be some standing around, and that's what I think is like so such a big advantage of this kind of system is like utilize every hour of that training and the kids are never bored and they're going to be excited to go back when that's the case. For them, it's like a video game. Well, let's be honest, kids today, they love video games, they love electronics. So instead of fighting that feeling, we're trying to do something that they do enjoy. And you're right. And the problem like with the practice, the, not the problem, the reality is, you know, how many decisions do players actually have to make in a practice? You know, there, there's, there's not that many. You can set up a few drills, maybe a two-on-one or a three-on-two or maybe a breakout. But we're talking probably 15 or less decisions in an hour practice. In this such a setup, the players are making decisions like, you know, you do, I think it's 90 second segments and you can go for about 30 minutes after that. You know, you, you, it's tired. It's, it's mentally exa- tiring and exhausting. So in 90 seconds, you might make 30 decisions, you know, so you're, you're, and you, you do that for 30 minutes and you do that maybe once or twice a week, you know, five, six, eight times a month times, you know, 10 or 12 months a year you're making a massive amount of decisions and you know, one time is not going to change it, but you just keep coming back and just, it's just like working out. It just builds and builds and builds. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, this is a lot easier. My head's up. I'm recognizing who's open. I'm making plays. And so you're so right. Like I, 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 I'm a coach. I love this system. I think it's so important for players to get on there because it, it supports it. Like, again, you're not going to become a better shooter because of this. Um, your passing will probably improve, but you're going to get better habits. And, and as far as getting your head up and looking for a place to make something that's very hard to do in a, in a regular hockey practice consistently. So, and to tie this into coaching, um, you know, both of our kids, Kane and Logan started junior Timbits at the same time. So this is the part where I say some really nice things about you. It was immediate from the minute you stepped on the ice that you kind of were a natural at coaching. And there's a lot of fathers that watch or that listen to this. And like, I know I had trepidations about it and, and how I was going to be and stuff. And so a couple coaching questions for you is like, number one, did you know you were going to be this natural at dealing with kids and just like getting the most out of them and getting the most out of practice plans? Yeah. You know what? I love kids. I've always loved kids. And um, I, I always, I, I knew I'd be able to relate to the kids, but I'm not going to lie. I think like a lot of coaches, I had my insecurities about my ability to, to do what's right for the kids as far as, building them up as players. You know, I think that anyone who says they know everything, I think I might go the other direction. You know, like it, it, it makes me nervous to hear that because, you know, hockey's evolving all the time. Um, you know, the way kids learn is, is, is always changing and every kid learns differently. You know, I've coached some kids that I can show them a drill. I can explain a drill once verbally, not even go to the board and they'll get it. Other kids, I have to explain it and use the board. Other, I have to explain it, use the board and demonstrate it. And then there's the fourth kind where I have to explain the drill, use the board, show them the drill, and then literally guide them around the drill, and then they'll get it. 
So, you know, it, it, it is, I have my own insecurity when it comes to coaching. There's, there's no doubt about it, but I have my thoughts on what's important in the game and how to, how to work with it. And I try to be consistent in delivering that every practice. You know, I, I, I see some coaches like, you know, one day they're working on passing, the next day they're completely changing it to skating. Then they're completely changing it to this. I think, you know, if you can have a plan for the month, this is what I'm working on. Then even for the year, I try to say, okay, for this group of players, this is what I want to work on this year. Um, you know, for instance, last year with my oldest son, who was in a senior, um, he was a second year novice. I wanted to work on competition and passing the puck, like game, like everyone passing it. And it took the whole year, but we finally got it. And now I see those kids are able to do that, you know, at a maybe a higher level than their peers would, uh, because I focused on that. But they might have suffered in other areas. But I made the choice that this is what they're going to work on, and that'd be my advice for coaches. You know, you you can't do everything because you try to do everything, you really won't get anything accomplished. I, I'm sure you've gotten this wide. question. I'm, I'm sure you've get, got this question a lot, Struddy, but like when you were playing, did you kind of have a feeling that you wanted to eventually move into coaching? Did you kind of know that like you would have a knack for it? And I guess the second part of this, did you ever imagine that, you know, you'd be working with young kids like this and helping with that part of sort of the developmental process of a hockey player? Yeah. So when I, when I played, I mean, I, I, I wanted to coach. I mean, and, and when I was retired, I had, I had multiple opportunities to go start coaching the American Hockey League you know, the assistant coach, that's kind of where a lot of guys start, right? The assistant coach in, in, in the minors. And I actually had to say no. And, and the reason why is I want to be home with my own kids. Um, you know, when you join the coaching ranks, it's, it's a very selfish profession and that you're gone a lot, you know, and, and even when you're home, you're gone. Those guys put in long days. So I made the, the choice not to do that. So I've rededicated that passion for coaching uh, into my own kids and then other kids that come. I work at a couple other schools here in the city and I run a D-man camp, but and I, I never thought I'd be this into it. Like, I, I absolutely love it. And I, you know, nothing gets me more, like, I, I go back to last year. I was, I wanted the kids to pass the puck and connect. Like, that's the point of what we had for half ice hockey. And, you know, by the end of the year, we were passing it around teams. You know, we're not making one or two passes. I'm talking four or five passes and then a tap into an empty net. And that made me so happy. Not the point that we were, you know, beating teams or that we were scoring, but just that they got what I was trying to do. And, and those things are now imp- implemented on their, on their brains. Right. And I, and I, I love that. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I love coaching. It's so much fun. Um, you know, you, you, people say there's bad experience in hockey. There's bad experience in every sport. I mean, you, you go to anything, you hear people, oh, this coach is crazy. This parent's crazy everywhere. So I think you make the experience what it is for you. Um, you know, I have a certain way as I, I behave and I, I try to follow it. I ask my players and parents to follow the same guidelines. Um, but you know, hockey is such a, or team sports are such a great way to learn about life. And that's what I love about the most. And my kids will go through it. Um, you know, my daughter plays, I, I don't know how much she likes it, but she likes being there with her friends. And then while they're there, we try to teach them to raise the puck, you know, so it works out pretty well for everybody. Well, you definitely buried a lot of goals on our team last year with a very disciplined box. <laughs> I did notice that. I could tell you guys were working on that stuff and it made me crazy when my kids started running around, but um, yeah, no, no, no. It was, it was fun. So I, I just to, to progress it a little bit further into like rinks opening up now, um, you know, I want to ask your opinion about when hockey Edmonton decided that they were ramping back up. Were you, were you someone that was really active and for, for it happening with the restrictions that it had, knowing that it was going to be a lot of work to get this back going? So, you know, when it was all going on, I had people call me like, you got to call Hockey Edmonton and be a voice for the players. I'm like, you know what? There's something going on a little bit bigger than hockey right now. Let's let this play out. And when they're ready, they'll get it going. And then as far as it opened, once they decided to open up, I was like, I'm on, let's do it. I'm good to go. So, you know, is it difficult to coach through a mask? You better believe it. I've got a list. I've got a lot of issues. I have whistling teeth. I have all kinds of problems. Then he put a mask on me. The kids, they don't, I don't even think they know I'm talking English right now. I'm, I'm learning actually sign language so I can try to coach them through that way. Um, but you know what? I, anything is better than nothing. And not because I'm looking for my son to become, you know, a great player for the U of A Golden Bears. I want him to be with his friends. I want my daughter to see her friends. I want my son, either son, to have experiences with his friends and, and, and it feels somewhat normal, even though it's not that normal. So I, I was, I'm, I'm like, I, if you can open up for one day, I'll take the practice. I don't care. I'll take anything. So we're back in there. And yeah, it's difficult. Ten people on one side, ten on the other, trying to keep the kids apart. It's, it's not easy. Apart. And it's ten feet, yeah. It's a challenge. But I think we all have to be patient with first the city, 
Um, number two, the coaches, and number three, the players, because we're all trying to figure this out. I mean, imagine trying to run a practice where kids have to be 10 feet apart and maybe they're seven, nine or 15 years old. It's hard, but we're, we're doing our best. Like everyone should go into this, like, okay, we're trying to do our best. You know, if the rink says you're the rink attendant says you're a little close, I'm like, okay, you told me that the other day. I'm like, okay. Uh, because the kids went and got water. I'm like, okay, I'll try to keep them apart and I'll learn from the next time. But I mean, no one's been through this. We're, it's, it's, it's such a, there's no, no script for this. Um, but I am, I'm, I'm loving this sports are opening up again. So our kids, um, for any sport, can have some sense of, of normalcy with their buddies and being out there and feeling like they're wheeling around going like McDavid. Oh, man, it was the best seeing them on the, on the ice for the first time. I lost my voice in the first practice just trying to yell through the mask and having everybody so spread out. But you have my email address, and I'm telling you, I used up all my good uh, practice plans in my first one-hour practice. So if you have any practice plans you'd like to send me over, I'd really appreciate that. I'll send them over. The prompt you can't probably can't read them. They're like me talking through a mask. My handwriting's awful. I'll send you what I got, y'all. It's hard. I know it can't be. We also were told by the rink attendant they were a little too close, but whatever. I'm just so glad to have it back. You're so right about the bond between those boys. Just seeing each other and seeing their faces light up. I was just, it all went away. Anything that I was worried about. Strudge, I want to tell you that the, the passion you have for this translates uh, through your speak. And I think listeners will uh, feel kind of uh, the passion you have for coaching and also the, uh, this VR training that you're getting in behind. So it sounds super, super exciting. So good for you, buddy. Yeah, thanks. You know what? It's a lot of fun. And this is a small window of my life, you know, and, and any parent out there understands that. You're, you know, your kids are going to play hockey for, let's say, from five to whatever, 15 or 16. And those years are going to be gone so quick. So I'm, I'm just, I want to be a part of it. I want to help out. Um, and I'll help other people. Like, I, I'm, I'm just all about that experience because, you know, eventually every hockey player retires. Even the greatest hockey player can't play forever. And then it's like, well, what do you do? And, and so who am I? What do I do? So you want to make sure that they enjoy the sport or a sport, but have other things, interests outside it as well. And now this is my interest, you know, trying to make sure people are excited about hockey um, and, and hopefully learning and having good experiences because it's, it's a great game. And just like any game, you can go sideways. But for the most part, there's a lot of great things that come out of it. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to check it out because my biggest problems as a beer league player are also not passing and not having my head up. So I think this is something that could benefit me as well, Struddy. I might have to come check it out. Or is that you what we, we love to have you guys out? Yeah, we, we love to have you guys out. And that's the thing, like, it's, it, 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 you know, just, the, I, I'm a huge believer in passing. Like, I, I think passing is a real underrated skill. You really don't see a lot of passes on the Instagram, right? Everyone's dangling with their stick in the air, throwing in the air like a baton. Like, I don't get that personally, but, you know, if it makes you excited, then go ahead and like that on Instagram. But passing, just just think about when you look at the other. Think, think about uh, Bouchard, the way he passed the puck. Think about uh, Bear, where he passed the puck. Um, you know, the way Drysaddle passed the puck. They're, they make it look so easy, and the game is so easy when you can move the puck like that. But no one, no one's liking that on Facebook or Instagram. So we got to get these kids to understand that passing is is so unselfish. And the the more you pass it, the more likely you are to get time in the offensive zone and a chance to get the puck back. Look at the other power play. Like they zing that thing around. It's tape to tape. The puck's not wobbling around like it's they're throwing you know, grenades around. That's why that power play is so good. But they've worked so much on their passing. So I, I, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not saying you can't work on your on your skating or you shouldn't work because you should. But, you know, to me, anyone who go, like, you go to Elta Rink, is not, I'm not going to be able to say, hey, your rem check, quit work, or, you know, just quit work on your Mohawk turns, go work on your shot. Every kid works on a shot. Let's work on the skating and specifically the passing so we can get in those positions to take those shots that a young Tyler Remchuk with those big guns worked on all the time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Strutty. <laughs> Listen, Strutty, I think, big, I think honestly, man, guns. you can write a book. You should write a book just seriously on time management. Like the fact that you're helping out with schools, you got this VR training, you're coaching, you're doing radio, you're doing TV. Like you have a successful wife, a, a successful businesswoman. Like I just, it's very impressive, man. You're like a super dad. It's pretty cool. Yeah, thanks. You know what? I've been very lucky. Like post-career, I've had a lot of neat things happen. You know, even me, like uh, all the guys from Oilers Nation, you know, that they always have, you know, we think back to some of those, uh, those uh, doctor, you know, DJ suitcase parties we had, like, you know, and like, it's, it's always fun. Like, it's just like, I've been really lucky. A lot of stuff I all do is, you know, on with Gregor. It's a lot of fun, except when he gets yelling about cutting. Yes, I pulled RV stick down. 
you know, like other than that, like it, I, everything I do is a lot of fun. Like I'm very fortunate. And I think that, you know, if you find something you're passionate about, hopefully things funnel into there so you can kind of just keep, it just kind of keeps taking on life of its own. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to pull a little topic transition here, but you mentioned, you know, being on TV now, you've gotten a couple of chances to work on those sports net broadcasts. Uh, What what have those been like? You know, I, I, uh, I got a chance uh, six, seven years ago to do some uh, that talking on TSN and I I went down, I had no idea what a rundown was and uh, I had no idea what a lot of stuff was. I, I, my, I was okay, but I wasn't ready. So that's why I left and went to the dinner television that I get chirped about all the time. Uh, your M check on, uh, the hot cakes and, uh, pretty funny hot cakes, by the way, your M check. Thank you. And, um, but you know what? I knew I had to go somewhere else, transition out of what I was, my comfort zone was to become a better broadcaster. Now I'm never going to be like Dan rather, but you know, at least now I know, you know, the timing uh, of things and, and, and what a breakdown, what a rundown is, what a chat is, all those kinds of things, you know, how the ebb and flow to interact with someone else the camera to look at all those things. So, you know, I did, I was doing 14 hours a week of live TV as a host of like a, a show that was very little sports. So I grew a lot as a broadcaster. So now like I got on there and I felt so comfortable, you know, I, I really felt I could just be myself and not have to worry about which light, which camera am I looking at? You know, what's going on here and there other than needing a haircut. Um, I think it was a pretty <laughs> successful outing. Um, but you know, so who knows what's going to happen in the future, but that, that time of dinner TV was, you know, it's the best career move I could have done because it took me right to somewhere I needed to work on something and polish a tur- what well, was a real bad turd to now something that's actually maybe maybe you can put it on TV every now and then. You got to get your reps in. The one thing I do like, and, and like you said, Strads, is is that you get to you get to be more yourself on TV, and that comes off uh, on your sports and stuff because you're telling jokes and you know you're doing your deep belly laugh. Like it's like it's like I'm it's like I'm sitting across the table at a bar having a pint with struds is kind of like uh, that's the struds that people are getting but that's the struds that people are getting on tv now which is that's peak struds that's good you know what's funny is that um when i when i look at it my whole my whole time on podcast i like bob euchre i don't know if you guys you guys remember him bob euchre but i always thought yeah and i love the way that he like he was very like people wanted to hang out with him so I just kind of, I did develop a person, you know, a bit of a persona on there, but I wanted to be right from the minute of my first uh, show of the nighttime. I wanted to feel people feel that I, they could approach me. And then what you said just happened here. That's a real compliment that they're like, God, this guy, you know, I want to hang out with this guy and have a beer. Like I really wanted to have that. Doesn't mean I can't say things they don't like. It doesn't mean that we can't agree with everything. But at the end of the day, it was like, you know what? I'd like to hang out and have a beer with that guy. That's what I wanted. Cause I wanted to have a beer with Bob Euchre. Like I thought he was a great guy. And I'm not saying I'm even close to as good as Bob Euchre, but that's what I always kind of envisioned was someone who is approachable, fun, you know, took the game, you know, seriously, but lighthearted enough that it was, you know, we're just still playing a game. We're talking about a game. So, um, yeah, but it's taken, I mean, geez, I don't know how many years I've been, I've been like seven or eight, nine years in the media. And I'm just starting to feel like I'm really ready for, for most opportunities that could come my way. So is more TV something you want to do, do in the future here? Like if more of these sports net opportunities can kind of pop up, like, are you just all over that? Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm open for anything. I mean, um, I, I would, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's fun to do it. And, you know, Gene Prince Bay, God, you know, although I didn't get to do with him, but I got Tony, but I mean, those guys are such pros. Um, and it's just another way, another challenge, right? You're, you're trying to challenge yourself in different ways and, um, you know, see what you can, you can become, um, you know, I'm always trying to look at, you know, how can I get a little bit better? What, what does this guy do? How do I do it this way? So going on there, they're, they're strong, you know, they're obviously strong in what they do. And so, yeah, I'd love to get some more. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Um, with that, there's a lot of good people trying out and, uh, and I hope to be in the mix. Uh, but if not, then I'll wait for another opportunity to come and just, you know, keep doing what I'm doing and, uh, you know, try to try to keep improving. So at some point someone's like, you know what? This guy maybe could be on TV, not just because he's he's eye candy, right? <laughs> but you said you said we're trying out. Just, oh you said just trying out. I've, I've noticed a real carousel of guys coming into that studio um, and doing that. Is 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 there a reason why there's so many people coming in that you know sporadically? Is, is this an actual tryout? Like what's yeah, going on I, right I, now? I, I, yeah, I think they have a bunch of different people they want to try out. And, um, you know, listen, listen like the, the owners broadcast get a lot of eyes. I mean, with McDavid and, and, and uh, Leon, it's a big deal, right? So they want to see yeah. something that works for them. And, you know, this is an odd year. You know, like, you know, you, you, you sit in the arena talking about a game that's happening in Montreal uh, and you're in Edmonton. Like, it's so different. So I think it's just a time to, 
you know, I, I don't want to tell them what, I don't, I don't know exactly what to do in my center. They're just trying to see what, what, what fits, what fits for everybody. So, um, you know, who knows what happens this year, um, as far as that goes, but you know, if, if the opportunity came up, I'd love to continue to do more of that. Um, so we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll just see what happens. Let's, uh, before we let you go, Stratty, we won't keep you too much longer, but I want to talk a little bit about some, uh, some big headlines around the Oilers. And you mentioned Evan Bouchard a couple of minutes ago and just how well he's been moving the puck. I've said it now a few times that like this guy's shown enough to me that he shouldn't come out of this lineup for a decade. Like he's an NHL in my eyes. What's been, what's been the most impressive part about Bouchard's game to you? Well, I, I'll disagree with you just on that, that one part is that what happens a lot of times these young players is that the first 10 games are great. I always found it was 10 games. And then often like, holy shit, we're, I'm in the NHL right now. Like I'm playing against Mark Shifley or Blake Wheeler or whoever. And so there can be, you know, be a bit of a, not, not a drop off, but there can be like a change in their play. Uh, Cause they kind of get settled in. So I, I think that you know, might Bouchard, you know, they have lots of good right defense, but then he, there may be times where he does come out. But as far as you're, you're talking about his next 10 years, this guy, um, he brings something the Oilers haven't had in a long time, which is someone that, really moves the puck well, like, like sharp, clear passes, um, that, that like, not just, you know, from the, from the goal line to the, to the half wall. I'm talking like he made a pass and then ramp check, you're beside me. It was in a, came in across the blue line and, and, uh, he saw Connor McDavid do a big loop and he looped all the way down to the middle and, uh, he hit him with a pass on the tape in stride. Like that is just sick hockey to have that done up. So he, it's very subtle. But it's it's just a beautiful thing. So you know he, he gets the puck through from the from the uh, blue line. And Ramchick, you made a good point that every time he takes a shot, we should have a shot because you'd be buckled by then in the second period. Um, <laughs> and he's he's great at getting it through. I love that he shoots it high because you can tip it. You can tip it as a as a guy's harder to defend with a higher shot. Um, and he's his, his defensive game is going to come and go. He's a young player. You know, you look at it took a while for Darnell Nurse, who's a defensive type player, to figure it out. But they figure it out. Place has a good coach. So I'm really excited about him. Uh, between him and Barry right now, shooting those pucks from the blue line, and Darnell Nurse. I mean, those guys are getting a lot of pucks from the blue line, creating a lot of problems for other teams. So, you know, a, a relatively young, inexperienced defense, and couldn't be younger next year, is looking like they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. And like just having those threats from the blue line too with Barry and Bouchard, when you have the skill like McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins that can work down low, as soon as you put threats like that up at the blue line, like you're really spreading out the opposition. Like people talk about having a big winger on Connor McDavid's line and how they can create more space for him. But having a booming shot at the blue line can also in a way create more space for McDavid as well, right? Yeah. So what happens is now everyone just crunches down, right? They have all their, all five players, they play in the tight around, you know, whatever they call home plate, whatever you want to call it. So that means well below. So the fingers on the defensive side are well below the top of the circle. So when you have someone that can now be mobile and get pucks through from the blue line, you have to respect that a little more. And even to pull the guy out two feet, three feet, that's a lot more space for your offensive player that you just mentioned to walk around and to make plays down low. So it will open it up a bit down low. Then what happens is you get maybe beat down low. Okay, we're going to bring him back down again. Now the shooting gallery starts from up top. So it, it's really something unique. And I, I think what I'd love to give the orders is, is a way to get a shooter on each line, right? So right now, Barry and, and uh, Nurse play together. I'd like to, and not that I don't like that pairing, but I'd like to see those guys broken up because those guys get shot through from the blue line, as does Bouchard. If you have one guy each on each pair, they can really get shot through from the blue line. Now every line gets the benefit of that, right? It's hard. I, I recognize that's hard to do, but when Bear comes back, maybe he jumps in there uh, with Nurse, and then he put Barry uh, somewhere, and then he put Bouchard somewhere else. But if you imagine three guys that get pucks from and jump in on the play, because all three of those guys, they love to jump in. They'll get down below the tops of the circles as well. You, it's just complete chaos. I can tell you the defender, when a D-man jumps off the offensive blue line, it comes into your zone, and you're like, oh my God, why is Barry down here? Where's the guy I'm supposed to be covering? You're looking around for Hoover and McDavid. Meanwhile, you know, uh, Pugliarvi's got the puck. Like, it's just, it's so chaotic. So that is a real dream, and that's how you get those long offensive zone opportunities. It can't just be the three forwards. You need your G-man helping. So I think that to try to split those three guys up would really be key. Last area I wanted to touch on with you is, and Ryan Rashog kind of made this a big story when he sent out those tweets the other day, but the Ryan Nugent Hopkins contract, um, I'm of the can I like, I'm of the belief that he works well with this team. You find a way to get a guy like that done for you. Do you think they need to be careful with this negotiation or do you think Nugent Hopkins is a guy that 
you know, you don't haggle over 250 K with, you just find a way to keep him here forever. Well, well, let's review what he does. So he plays on your top line as a winger. He could be arguably a, a decent one, like one, like one B center if needed. Right. He's uh, on the power play. Good passer. He's on your top penalty killing unit. Um, he's been quite durable. You know, he does a lot of things. He's good in the community. You never hear a problem about this guy. So he, he, he's, he makes so much sense for the orders to keep him. There, there's so much sense. And then those that say, well, just let him walk. And we're not going to pay him, you know, one dime over this. Well, I get that. But who takes his spot? Like, I, I get frustrated. People say, get rid of this guy. He's the worst player ever. Okay, who's going to take his spot? Like, already some people are saying, okay, get rid of Tyson Bear. We have Evan Bouchard. Okay. But now you go down, and it's Larson leaves as well. Now you're down to two right-shot defensemen who, between them, might have 200 NHL games. Are you prepared for that? Are you going to go in the market and add, add a guy for to trade? Or are you going to go for free, free agency where sometimes you see a, a pretty bad deal being made? So I, I do think you have to find a way to get news done. Um, the thing I think that works in all their favor is the flat cap. I mean, I, I have a hard time seeing the cap change anytime soon. It just, it just is not going to happen in my opinion. I think it's going to be flat for a number of years. So, you know, you're, you're going to say, okay, news, like we, we want you. We want to figure this out. What works for you? So you might have to go a little longer on term if the dollars aren't high. And I think that for the orders, a little, I don't mind the longer term. Like Nuge is going to be, even if he, let's say he, in, in, in five years, he's, he's unable to be on a, a top six. The guy can be a third line center and kill penalties for you still. So there's value to that, right? There, there's value to that. Now that's expensive, maybe $6 million or $7 million for a third line center. But what did you get the four or five years before that? So I, I'm a big fan. I think you have to find a way to get him done. Um, but it has to make sense. Like if it starts with an eight, I, I start getting a little worried just because not be in a normal time, maybe you can make it work, but with the flat cap, that's what makes it tough. And you're going to see, I think this summer, a lot of players that go to frames are going to be disappointed in their numbers because teams are up against it. And that's good for the orders because they have quite a bit of cap flexibility this summer. They're going to get discount deals like Dominic Cahoon. I think that guy is, is really important for this team. He skates, he works hard. He works way harder than I expected. I didn't know. Yeah, I thought he might score a few more goals, but he brings Temple to this team, and he got him on a really good deal. You'll see more of that uh, this summer for sure. Yeah, Nuge is like is like, and just like Joe Thornton is the proof of that. And I'm not saying the Nuge is Joe Thornton, but when you think the game at such a high level, it buys you so much more of a length of career because you're not you're not in the league because you're fast or because your hands or because you're. Right. Like, sure, you have all those attributes, but if you can think the game at a level that Nuge has, you're still not going to be upset in years, you know, five, six, seven uh, of a deal when he's not as fast as he was or or whatever it is. Like, the, the guy thinks the game at such a high level that he will still be effective regardless of what stage he is in his career. Yeah, I think that's – it's just got to make sense right, as far as the money, but I think they can find somewhere. Because why would Nuge want to leave? You were two of the best players in the league. You see Evan Bouchard coming. You see – there you see uh, Dylan Holloway, who I, I, I think will turn pro after this is his college season. His teammate is. I uh, see Raphael as well. Like finally, finally, there's depth. Ryan McLeod didn't even touch on him. All these guys are starting to come. Why leave now and go somewhere else? Yeah, you can maybe get more cash somewhere else. But he's he's already made like he's got to be close to forty, fifty million dollars already. Now you drop it another six times seven or whatever it is. I mean, he's a hundred million dollar guy. So, you know, to win a championship with these two guys, especially, you know, the big guys are locked up. I think that makes a big, uh, has a big impression on them. Struddy, we, uh, we covered a lot of bases with you here today. Appreciate your time. Uh, one more time, the website again for the Vision VR training. What is it? Yeah, it's uh, visionvrtraining.com. So uh, check it out. You can send us an email and come out and try it out. It's uh, like I said, it's at No Limits in St. Albert. And, uh, you know, like I, 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 I believe in it. It's a pretty neat program. And we, we, we of course, we let the kids try it and we let the dads or moms slip it on so they can see what it's all about. But uh, And we'll even let uh, Jay Dowden come try it out and uh, see if we can improve his uh, hockey oh, IQ. You, you don't, oh, I, I've become a <laughs> men's league weapon, Struds, if I like this. Maybe I shouldn't. Very Darnell Nurse-esque. Div, Div 5 <laughs> wouldn't know what's coming. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Perfect, Scotty. Have a good one. Enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks, boys. There you go. That is Jason Strudwick, former NHLer, joining us on the Real Life Podcast. Former NHLer and friend of the nation. Who cares, former NHLer? Former Oiler. Oh, yeah, former Oiler as well. Former Oilers defenseman and former Oilers forward. Remember that run he had as a a winger? Oh, yeah, he's he's a a Swiss Army knife, that guy. Speaking of Swiss Army knives, 
Let's talk a little bit about our friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. They love hockey. And just like us, they are all in on the NHL season. And they want to make sure, uh, you know, your body and your your manscaping is in midseason form as well. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team perfected the greatest ball hair hair trimmer ever created. And they have launched the Lawnmower 3.0. And with, with Manscaped and us here on Real Life, you have a chance to get these products for an incredibly low price. Here's what you need to do. Go to manscaped.com. I gave this whole spiel on the podcast on Monday, but I'm going to do it again in case people missed it. There is a limited time offer right now. It is the performance package. It is regular $295. Gets you the Lawnmower 3.0, a couple of other really good products, and the Weed Whacker, which is the ear and nose hair trimmer. On top of that, you get a travel bag and a pair of their incredibly comfortable boxers. You get all that regular $295. They have it marked down right now to $160. If you use the promo code REALLIFE, you are going to save another roughly $25 on that deal. You're basically getting this shipped to you. It's like $300 worth of stuff. $300 plus, really, when you throw in the extra goodies. You're getting that for under $130 shipped to your house. Bang and deal. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code real life. Check them out. I'll even throw the link up on our, in our Instagram bio and I'll throw it up on our Twitter as well. If you don't want to type in manscaped.com, but don't forget the promo code real life. Shout out to our friends at manscaped.com. Oh, some good talk at the end there on Nugent Hopkins. I feel like we're all in agreement though. Like I feel like a lot of people around Oilers nation are, but like you find a way to get that deal done. Well, like, I'm so the, sick and tired of talking uh, about Ryan Nugent-Hopkins' contract. <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you. Like, fuck, whatever. He'll sign it or he won't. Well, yeah. What I, 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 yeah. You can't, I know, it's just, it's, 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 we're going to keep talking about it, Chalmers. We're going to keep talking about it until he's signed. Because until he's signed, you're going to have the well, you community know what? split being you know like, it's no, just- don't do it. No, do it forever. Off him whatever he wants. Only make it $5. Like that's that's yeah, what just, being that's that's sports fan. Just set me in a in a one eighty. Hit the bricks, Nuge. If you're gonna sign it, sign it now. Get out oh, of here. Jeez, oh, dude, calm down. They're not even. So here's the thing. They're not even talking right now. So like, it, there's nothing being presented. So like, we're making a mountain out of a molehill. And there's like, even more str- reason for us to just like talk about it all the time. No new news. Yeah, I do it because I'm stressed. I want the nude sign. Not That's, you. Like, I want... I'm talking about like seeing who did you say Ryan Rashog or whatever tweeted about it. Like yeah. he tweeted that the two sides aren't talking. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Who cares? <laughs> well, I care because I want the Oilers to sign. Rashog, do an in-depth interview with somebody and tell us their background. Tell us their story. Don't tell us things we don't need to know. Chalmers, this is a podcast on a hockey website. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, and I want to know stories about hockey players. Not that again, nothing's happened with the with the signing. If I see another tweet in a week that says they're still not talking, both camps, both camps digging in, they're not talking. I'm just gonna go, cool, like cool. Let's not let's talk about what the hell's happening on the ice. Like Evan Bouchard being calm, cool, and collective in his in his own end. Not getting burnt all that much. That's a good story. Wait, who's going to go out when Bear comes back in? Cuckoo? E, uh, yeah, probably. Or Russell, oh, yeah. right? Because Bouchard's probably yeah. going to have to flip to the left side, which is something I wanted to ask yeah, Stretty about, but we ran out of time. Let's talk about let's let's talk about how uh, our boy Adam Larson he's <laughs> struggling would be a, would be a kind way to put it. Yeah, he's I, uh, out there all the he had, time. Him and Russell were out there so much last night when all I needed was one Evan Bouchard shot. And those two are out there all goddamn night. Man, I put in our real life group chat, I said, boys, Evan Bouchard over two and a half shots is the fucking lock of the century. This is what the people on Twitter would call a max unit whale play with like 10 bomb emojis. And that's the perfect transition of bringing in Scott Hastings. Bouchard had two shots on one shift in like the fucking first period and then didn't get another shot the rest of the game. Yeah. In the first five minutes, Fuck. I was spending my winning. I yeah, that was, was so a, that was a bad then, beat. But they, they took away his ice time at the end of the game. There was, oh, like, yeah, they benched He him. was not getting as much ice time, and I was just rattled. Like, you wouldn't believe. I was they had the under. The Hastings had the under? You faded your under? No, 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 no. The, the, the coach. Oh, the coach. The coach had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two uh, that, shots, uh, that's enough. <laughs> the bench. 
Uh, that voice you hear is Scott Hastings from OddTrek.com, OddTrek.com. All the sports betting info you need to make the sharper play, whether it's hockey, basketball, maybe a little college hoops as well, which is something I bet on for the first time this week. And I won some money, so I'm fired up to bet on college basketball now. Uh, but Scott Hastings, let's uh, let's start with a little bit of hockey talk here. And the thing I like at OddTrek is you guys have your staff of writers that, that uh, you'll throw out, you know, the Stanley Cup odds and things like that. But one of the interesting ones I'm seeing right now is the 2021 Stanley Cup final exact matchup odds. And I mean, if you want to find a way to really win some money betting on hockey, nailing the Stanley Cup final matchup might be the way to do it. Yeah. Well, the favorite is 18 to one. Like you can't, you can't argue with that. You know, that's, you know, it's a, obviously it's a very risky bet. Uh, So there's two T two matchups, I guess that would be tied for first and it's Colorado versus Tampa Bay and Mm -hmm. Vegas versus Tampa Bay which wow. obviously makes sense. The winner of the West versus Tampa Bay. Fair enough. I think that's going to be interesting to me this year is the whole, uh, the, the fact that they're not doing the normal East versus West, right? Like we could get a Tampa Bay Toronto Stanley cup final. So that almost adds a little bit more risk into this bet where you're not just picking an East winner and a West winner. Like you need to try be thinking about, you know, seeding and where everyone could finish. Like it could be real complicated trying to figure this out, but is there a matchup you kind of like? Well, I think you just, you played right into it. And, and I would be leaning towards Tampa Bay versus a team out of the North because the way to get to the, the semifinals or whatever, after you win your, your conference, the North division and, and whatever they're calling it this year, um, it's based on win percentage, percentage, not points, uh, if they don't play all 56 games. So obviously we're seeing a, a ton of games being postponed and, and a lot of shenanigans down in the States. So that's a very light, a high likelihood that we're not going to see all 56 games played by some of these other uh, divisions. So then they'll just go by uh, win percentage. And I look at that Colorado and Vegas uh, division, and they're going to be beating up on each other. Arizona's going to sneak out a couple wins. Um, you know, it's just, it's one of those divisions that I could see their win percentages being a little lower. I think Tampa Bay will have the highest win percentage. So they'll probably, probably be the one seed. Uh, Boston, I think, will make it far. So their win, their win percentage will be a little lower. Again, I think they've got the hardest division. So I look at that North division that might have a better win percentage than Colorado or Vegas. So your Toronto's, your Montreal or Edmonton, whoever you like to advance out of the North, that might be your best area. So Tampa Bay versus Toronto Stanley Cup final at 22 to one might be worth a little sprinkle. Why not? Uh, it'll be getting no sprinkle from me, sir. <laughs> None. <laughs> just I, a little. I, <laughs> I, I professionally, my winning percentage about betting against Toronto has treated me very well. So I, I will That's have good. to go against. I've That's taken good. the Leafs. I've taken the Leafs on the puck line twice this week. Mm. I'm a brutal. dumbass. Yeah, yeah brutal. <laughs> yeah, so no, Toronto, Toronto's the type of team to play down to their competition. They'll play up when they know they're in a tough game and they'll play down to uh, – it's almost like they go for uh, afternoon beers, which I don't have a problem with, but, uh, you know, show a little tenacity <laughs> out there and score that empty netter every once in yeah, a while. You got to be like Michael Jordan, crush 10 beers in the golf cart right. and then drop 50 that night. That's right. So, Scotty, heavy is the head that wears the crown. After last Thursday, you gave us a parlay. Me and you, you know, we talked one out. And I won on a three-game – three gamer that we came up with that Thursday night to the point where now I posted it and I have people coming to me and saying, listen, we didn't listen to it in time. We didn't listen in time for Scotty's pick. So I need you to DM me Scotty's pick. So what are Enjoy we thinking that. for this week? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I got, I got friends of mine DMing me, like texting me saying, dude, if Scott, I'm not going to be able to listen till later tonight. So if Scotty has any good picks, just let me know. So there's pressure now with comes with winning. So, Let's, let's do it. What are we thinking? Well, what are we thinking? I think the pressure's on you for winning. <laughs> the pressure's well, not on me. I, no, 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 no. He's Hello. just tailing. I yeah. I, I said the Oilers, and then I said the other team, and you said, you know what you should throw in? You should sprinkle. No, you said Carolina. I said the Oilers, and you said sprinkle in the Winnipeg game because they're a heavy favorite, and I was like, that's always the one that loses. And it was the Carolina game that was tight, but it won. And so – 
it was it was it was a group effort. I'm not gonna. I don't have group any pressure. But you're middlemanning here, so I'm gonna say you take the blame if we lose, and and not me. I'm not. Yeah, I'll take the blame. I don't mind taking the blame. It's not like I'm selling the picks. I might start selling the picks. Actually, that's a, <laughs> not a bad idea. Well, can can we start building our parlay and all be in agreement so we're taking Ottawa tonight? No, I'm not fucking betting on the Ottawa Senators. Are you insane? That's who Winnipeg Two, was playing 55. last week that we said was the lock. Yeah. It was Winnipeg versus Ottawa. And I said, throw Winnipeg in there because Ottawa's trash. And here they go up and beat my Leafs there. Uh, come back from five. What was it? Five one with 12.55 to go. Flashbacks uh, of 2013 against yeah. Boston going on through uh, my head. Jeez. Uh, looking at the slate tonight. Looking at the slate tonight, yeah. Scott. Uh, any picks in the NHL that stand out to you? Yeah, so I, I I've been I've been really hot with uh, plus one and a half puck lines, and, and you got to pick and choose your spots because obviously some of them can be just atrociously juicy, you know, minus two forties and whatnot. So you don't get that pen and paper out. Uh, <laughs> so the one I do like here is uh, New Jersey at plus one and a half. That's coming in about minus one thirty. I think that's a really good spot. Uh, Boston just has this tendency to play really tight games and. I like New Jersey this year. I think the, the little COVID stoppage hurt them. They were starting to get on a little bit of roll, and they're, they're young guns. Jack Hughes, uh, I, I've been very impressed with him early on. Uh, so I like the Devils plus one and a half. I like Arizona over the Kings. Uh, I don't think much has to be said there. They're about minus 160. And uh, we've got to have an underdog pick. So I like the Islanders that even money over Pittsburgh. So there's your little three-team parlay that you guys can take to the bank. All right. Ooh, what like about Columbus bet. over Nashville? Nashville's trash. I I don't mind it. I just I'm not I'm not over the moon about it. I just there's I don't know. That's two teams that I'm just I'm not sold on either one of them, and uh, so it's a stay away. Good. I can't. I got to stay away from that. I can't afford to be hemorrhaging any more money after the 17 dynamite emojis after Bouchard's two and a half shots last night that Uremchuk gave me. So oh. you know what I did? Uh, I didn't just sprinkle. Uh, I dumped a load. Yeah. Oh. On it. And uh, so, <laughs> especially after his eight shots to the game before, I dumped a fat load on it. Uh, and it recency me in the bias ass. is powerful. Yeah. I yeah, had the I data just... to back up that bet. I don't regret the bet. I regret <laughs> Tippett not fucking playing them. Um, Shot totals can be you very tricky. The teams, oh, yeah. The special teams had a lot to do with it, too. There was a lot of power plays and penalty kills. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, Scott. The last area I wanted to touch on with you, I saw Bovada and Bodog. They have uh, division winners in the NHL. They got like some updated odds on that. So you look around right now, Toronto's in control in the North. You got Florida and both both Florida and Tampa looking pretty good there. And, and Carolina's in that mix as well. The Central seems incredibly tight now that I'm looking closely at it. Boston up in the East is currently in first and you got Vegas in control of the West division in terms of betting on a team to maybe come from behind. That's maybe not leading a division right now that could win the div. Uh, anyone you like there, any, any team they think could have a strong final 30 some games here. Yeah. I don't think it's any surprise, but you got to go Colorado. They're just, they're right behind Vegas and, and Vegas has had a, a very fortunate start to the, the season is based on their schedule getting to play those uh, Southern California teams over and over again, that they sort of got off to a, uh, a, a lucky start. Not maybe not lucky, but it just, they, they didn't play any hard teams yet. So they still have the St. Louis's and the Colorado's that they're going to have to deal with. And uh, if Colorado can get the edge on them and I believe they play seven games. So if they can get the, the, the win four out of the seven, uh, I like Colorado to win that. It's not really an exciting pick. Uh, my only other one would be somewhere in that in that East division because Boston's out to a hot start, but I just I think that's the toughest division. So uh, I, I look at Phillies look pretty good. I think Washington has a little more to show. They haven't got Samsonov back or Samsonov uh, their goalie there. So plus six fifty for Washington would probably be my my favorite value pick. Uh, I wouldn't run out and and dump a load on it as Chalmers said, but uh, you know, maybe a little <laughs> sprinkle here on the Capitals at plus six fifty two. I think I think Boston's uh maybe oh punching their weight a little bit here. And uh I think Washington is a team to watch. Do you see any division uh right now that's kind of 
you know, there's a team in it that is excelling past, you know, some really below average teams and therefore they're not playing as competitive of games and that could kind of hurt them in the long run. Is there any teams that are sticking out like that to you? Yeah. Vegas was one. They, they just cleaned up. I think they played their first 10 games were against uh, this, this Southern California teams, Anaheim, San Jose, and LA. And, and to be honest, uh, those three might be some of the worst teams in the NHL. So I think they've got a totally chumpy schedule, even Minnesota for that one. That Vegas, well, they might have some trouble with Minnesota. They're they're sneaky good too, uh, so that's the one that that sort of stands out to me. Uh, and and in the North Division, was it uh, Winnipeg that uh, played most of their games against Ottawa so far? And uh, we've seen what Ottawa can do. Only as the as plus two fifty underdogs, the only time that you bet them, I guess, uh, against the Leafs. But uh, Winnipeg, I I don't think they're going to finish in the playoffs. I think. Uh, I think the top four will be Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, and Edmonton. Wow. Bold. Bold stuff (laughs) from Scott Hastings. Uh, But we got through some Stanley Cup final stuff. We got the division talk. We got some picks for tonight as well. So uh, that's going to do it. Scott, appreciate your time as always, man. Don't shoot the messenger. Good luck, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Scott. (laughs) There you go. That is Scott Hastings from Audrek joining us on the Real Life Podcast, Audrek.com. All the sports betting information you need. Make the sharper play with picks. They got advice up there. They got articles from their experts. And if you've never placed a bet, they got uh, all the sportsbook options with reviews in there, too. Uh, Really good site, Audrek.com. Before we wrap it up, let's say you uh, follow that Scott Hastings advice. And let's say you win. You'll have a little bit more walking around money. Why not go take some of that and visit our friends at twigandberries.ca. No judgment, no shaming, no fancy words, just real men. Use the promo code NATION15 and you will get 15% off your order. They got a ton of stuff. It's not just the underwear, although their nutsack underwear is fantastic. I am wearing mine today. I got mine in like the Oilers kind of blue color. It's incredibly comfortable, but they also have hoodies, apparel, all that good stuff. Twigandberries.ca, promo code NATION15 gets you 15% off. All right. That was, oh, fuck, that hour flew by. I mean, I think oh, we sure even did. did. Yeah, yeah that was, it was about I an took, hour. I took Scott's advice, but I, 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 love, I love to make it juicier. So I, I went Columbus instead of Arizona. So I've, that's paying plus 569. You want to make it even we'll juicier, see. you parlay the two of those teams on the puck line at minus one and a half, 10 bucks into 80 bucks, huh? That's gutty, though. Uh, puck line, man. Already, puck line will bite you in the fucking comfort, ass. I'm, I'm already out of the comfort zone betting on teams I'm not paying too much attention to, so I'm just going to uh, put all my eggs in uh, in the Scott Hastings basket with a little bit of a Jay Downton spin uh, to get the odds up a little bit. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, how, how about Struds? Struds a fucking guy beauty. Struds. I love Struddy. Guy Struds. Yeah, great guy Struds. Guy's a pro, and, uh, man. Guy's a pro. Check that out. VisionVRtraining.com is where you need to go to uh, to learn more about what we were talking about with Struddy there. All right. We're going to wrap this up because uh, I got a lot to do still. Got to get this podcast out. Got to get ready for another episode of the DFO Rundown tomorrow. If you haven't listened to the DFO Rundown with Gregor and Sarah Volley, it is, uh, it's not an Oilers podcast. It's a general look at everything NHL uh, through three episodes. We've talked to Jets head coach. Paul Maurice. We talked to Kevin Weeks of the NHL Network, former NHLer Tyson Nash. And uh, tomorrow we're going to be chat- chatting with uh, Brant Myers. And on Saturday morning, I can I can give away some of the guest list here because I like getting people hyped up. I believe we're going to be chatting with Haley Wickenheiser on uh, next Monday's cool. episode as well. So we got some good guests lined up. Check out the DFO rundown. Check out manscaped.com. That promo code is real life. Check out Twig and Berries. That promo code is Nation15. We're saving you money and helping you win money with our friend Scott Hastings. This has been episode 257 of the Real Life Podcast brought to you by Oodle Noodle. For Chalmers, for Jay, I'm Tyler Rumchuk. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the battles of Alberta. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.